G'day there, welcome to episode 281 of the Crane Thrive Podcast. My name is Jess Van Den and today I have an interview for you. Now this is something that I think a lot of people will be interested in. It's certainly something that more and more people seem to be experimenting with and that is printables. So creating things that are printable and selling them online. Today I'm speaking with Julie Berninger and she has developed a successful printables business very smartly over the last few years and she also helps other people do the same thing so if printables are something that you have been thinking about uh, getting involved in or trying out this is going to be an amazing episode for you and even if it's something that you haven't thought about you might find your creativity sparked after this episode it might be something that you want to explore Uh, so I hope you do enjoy this before we get started I just want to give a shout out and thank you to all the members of my community for makers the thriver circle without their support this podcast would not be possible if you'd like to support the show the best thing you can do is join the thriver circle over at thrivercircle.com it is a monthly membership fee and for your membership you'll get access to a whole bunch of Uh, recorded video workshops over 40 video workshops on handmade business topics we have live workshops calls and chats every month in the community and also my your year to thrive course which is a year-long course that will teach you everything you need to know to start and grow a successful handmade business no matter what you want to sell or where you want to sell so you can find out all of that at thrivercircle.com and uh, I've also got just I'm, I'm just putting it out here now that I've got something exciting planned for March that's going to be happening over on my YouTube channel. So if you're not already a subscriber over there, I will I will mention it in the podcast over the coming weeks as it approaches. But if you're not already a subscriber on my YouTube channel, highly recommend you go do that now so you are notified as soon as I tell everybody what this is all about. Head on over to uh, youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den and hit the subscribe button there there's a bunch of videos over there I release a video every week uh, over on my channel so if you enjoy the podcast you will also love the videos of course you know you can just treat them as podcasts and listen to them as well while you're working so I hope you do enjoy those and let me know if you do uh, and if you enjoy this episode as always please remember to subscribe to this podcast and uh, consider leaving a rating over at Spotify or Apple Podcasts to, uh, you know, let me know that you're enjoying the show and hopefully encourage other people to listen along as well. Okay, I think that's everything I need to tell you about for now. Let's get started with today's episode. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. So, I'm here today with Julie Benninger. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to Julie because she is all about the printables and I know a lot of you are interested in printables but it's not really something I've covered before because it's not something I have a lot of personal experience with but Julie has been doing this for a while and she's doing a really good job of it so I'm excited to have her on the show to talk about that topic today. Uh, Julie could you just give us a little bit of a history about you know your background and how you got into this space? 
Sure. So hi, everyone. I am a work at home mom that lives in Massachusetts. And I guess a couple years ago, I started selling on Etsy. I actually started selling temporary tattoos. And at the time, I was still in my 20s and my early 30s now, but I was going to tons of bachelorette parties. And I knew I listened to tons of podcasts and I knew I just want to do something. But I am not super talented like many of the makers I know that sell on Etsy. So for myself, I actually got the tattoos manufactured and I was just the designer of the tattoos. And after doing that for a few months and having a corporate job, I did find success monetarily. It was a good side hustle for me. Every time someone bought one of the tattoos on Etsy, I would often make like $20 an order since a lot of people go to bachelorette parties and the tattoos were so cheap to have manufactured. So it was a great little gig, but I didn't love the mental overhead of having to worry about inventory. Was I buying the right designs that I have the right stock? And of course I made the wrong selections up front. People were more interested in the one I thought no one would like. And it was something that just, it, I stopped getting excited about this, the money and the side hustle. And every morning before work, I had to check to see if I got an order and I had to put them all in the packages. And one time I ac accidentally mixed up the orders and I felt really bad about it. And just like a couple of things happened that made me think there's got to be a better way here. So coincidentally, I went to a conference for bloggers because I'm a big blogger, podcaster, online business owner. Like many people, I've tried many different ways to make money online, but I actually went to a conference and I was in line for the food trucks. I went completely by myself and I thought I have to meet someone or I'm going to eat lunch alone. So I'm talking to the woman next to me and I'm asking her those awkward questions like, so what, what are you going to order? And, you know, that type of small talk. And we get to talking and she told me about how she makes six figures selling printables online. And of course she didn't lead with that, but <laughs> ultimately I kind of drew that out of her. Like, why are you here? And it blew my mind. And from then on, I said, why am I doing handmade stuff and worrying about this or, you know, getting the tattoos when I could be setting myself up for a more passive business model here. Mm -hmm. So I switched to selling bachelorette party printables instead of temporary tattoos. And the rest is history. Wow. So how long ago did you make that switch? That was a few years ago. And actually, I made that switch really early on into my Etsy journey. So I think this might have been 2017 or 2018. Mm -hmm. So it's been a few years now with the printables. And it it is as amazing as people say it is. <laughs> so when it comes to the printables, do you design them yourself? Do you work with other people to design them? How, do, how does that process work? My best seller, I actually, I designed completely myself and I'm not a graphic designer or anything like that. I used canva.com, which so many people mm -hmm. are familiar with now. It's a wonderful free online graphic design tool. I've since upgraded to Canva Pro. I think a lot of people who are serious about using Canva do that, but I made my designs myself and my best selling design is actually a bachelorette bar crawl. Mm -hmm. where you would edit out the items depending on what is on the list for your bachelorette itinerary. <laughs> so of course, things on there like request single ladies at the bar, buy the bride a shot, all those type of events are on there and people just check off as they go on the bars. So that, that was the best one up until the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I think bachelorette parties were the first thing to get cut in terms <laughs> of unnecessary events. So I had to kind of rethink my shop, but I was able to pivot and I still was able to maintain, which for me, I'm thrilled with a thousand dollars per month revenue for something that I, I spend very, very little time on. So let's talk about that. Cause that was one of the first things that came to my mind when I was, you know, listening to your story, like, well, when COVID hit, like I'm in the wedding industry as well, you know, it kind of destroyed 
<laughs> the wedding industry for quite a period of time. So were you just doing bachelorette stuff beforehand and now you've kind of pivoted? It's kind of forced you to create a whole, like I looked through your shop, a whole bunch of different categories. Yep. I had to switch things up. I was mainly focused on bachelorette. I had tried some things for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. things that I had used myself. Like I put together a media kit and some Pinterest pin templates, but they never really took off like the bachelorette and I wasn't serious about them. But once COVID hit, I, I did take a break for a while with my shop where I just let my sales kind of start to dwindle. And like many people uh, going through this, I was trying to do everything at once. I actually had a kid under one years old. I had a full-time job and I was selling on Etsy and I, I just was like drowning. I'll be a hundred percent honest with all those <laughs> things that were going on the pandemic. It was just nuts. No childcare. A lot of people listening probably went through a similar thing. So suddenly when I woke up into 2021, I realized let's start to diversify. I started to get a little bit of my time back and I use tools like E-Rank and I'm a huge fan of keyword tools that I mm-hmm. used in the blogging space like Ahrefs. That's a very expensive one that a lot of people in my world use, like bloggers, podcasters, online business owners. And there was another one, Uber Suggests. And I use those tools and I found what are these kind of unicorn niches where people are willing to spend maybe like $10 per design. And I wouldn't have that much competition at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'll give an example of what's an example of one of those. I actually made a whole bunch of realtor templates. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was like this where you were, but the real estate market took off. So oh, bachelorettes yeah. and weddings maybe didn't, but the real estate took off. And a lot of people were actually signing up to become realtors. But one way to edge out the competition and provide a more personalized service to their clients was to create these kind of like branded things. Mm-hmm. So one of them would be like a house hunting guide where if you were taking your clients around, you would almost make like a really pretty, here are all the houses that we're going to see today type of printable Mm -hmm. or a digital business card or like a bunch of things, email signatures I made, I did the whole shebang there. But that niche really took off and a couple others that I found through E-Rank as well. So my shop now is a little bit of a mix of different things that can be good or bad, Mm -hmm. but I was able to rebound from the pandemic, which was really great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, real estate here has gone insane as well. So <laughs> I think our house has gained like, I don't know, 30, 40% of value in the last two years or something stupid. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, it's interesting to hear that that's happening everywhere as well. Oh, yeah. I actually was one of the people that moved here because it was really huge in the US at least to move and move closer to family because when no yeah. one had childcare, it was like, mm. whoa, got to go live near my parents now. So my husband and I moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. Oh, wow. And for 3000 mile trip, um, I actually took off six months from my Etsy shop, but because I was able to do that research upfront and find some profitable niches, my shop still made a thousand dollars per month. Mm-hmm. And this is something for me that I do this as a side hustle. I have a million other things going on until July. I had a corporate job, so I'm not necessarily trying to replace my full-time income with Etsy, but you totally could mm-hmm. in this printable space. I mean, I have people, students that are part of my course that they're making over $100,000 a year selling printables. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really kind of what you make of it. For me, I value a lot of flexibility. So I enjoyed taking those six months. I mean, I wouldn't call moving enjoyable, but <laughs> I took those six months off and I'm really glad that I was able to maintain that level of income and be able to count on that side hustle money coming in. 
Yeah, definitely. And just to know that like, it's just kind of trucking along there and you don't really have to do much extra work. I think that's what's so appealing about it to so many people. Uh, it's that, you know, it's, I guess it, you could set and forget it. I mean, obviously you're going to do better if you put a bit more time and work into it, but you're mm -hmm. still going to make some money if you just kind of have it there and you are getting traffic, you know, through, through the Etsy platform itself. Um, so you said you, you, you had your corporate job, you guys moved, um, and you've, you've quit that job. And so you're working for yourself full time now. Is that right? I would say I'm working for myself, but really I have a kid that still is just <laughs> starting to get into childcare now. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been a lot of momming during the day, but that's what I love about the printables and online mm -hmm. business world, because especially in the Etsy space, the only work I have to do as it comes along is questions. So mm -hmm. some customers will message me and I have to help them. A lot of customers can't figure out how to download their product. <laughs> That's the only kind of common theme, but I have a standard boilerplate answer that I can just mm -hmm. paste in and it takes me two seconds. Yeah. Whereas for myself, I'm doing most of the work up front. I mentioned that I do some keyword research and I spend, I mean, I'm not a graphic designer, but I, I spend some time actually making these designs, not necessarily beautiful because mm -hmm. I'm not the bachelorette niche, at least you could have really gaudy stuff and no one cared. Um, <laughs> I try to stay away from niches that people have really high expectations mm. for design. For example, wall art, a lot of people who want to sell printables, the first thing that comes to the mind is wall art, but mm -hmm. you kind of have to be pretty good at it in order to have someone put it in their living room for six months mm. or in their office, in my opinion. So I stay away from those niches and I try to focus on things that are seasonal in nature Mm -hmm. or therefore a little more low-key casual events. And they're often things that customers would print out on a home printer, maybe on like a thicker piece of paper than something that they have to get at a print shop. And then I also don't have to worry about other things that come along with getting things professionally printed because the things on a home printer, they typically don't need to worry about bleeds. They don't have to worry about cut lines or things that you would have to necessarily consider if you're getting it professionally printed. That's a really good point. Um, now, one one thing I definitely want to talk about is the whole pricing angle of things, because I think this is something people really struggle with when it comes to printables. Uh, like it's it makes it's easy. I mean, pricing is always hard, but it's kind of easier when you make a physical product because you're like, well, every time I make it, I'm spending time making it. I'm using materials. You know, I can use that calculation as part of my pricing strategy. But when you're making printables, you kind of do the work once and then just get paid for it over and over again. Um, so how do you actually come up with the right price for your printable? Right. And that's a great question because technically maybe you don't feel as attached to the price because it wasn't very expensive to get going. So with printables, canva.com is free. A lot of us are getting our clip art from sites like design bundles where you can get 500 pieces of clip art for five bucks or something like that. So it's not in our time. I mean, it does take a while to do the printables, but it's not something that you necessarily worry about with every single pricing for, for me and a lot of us in this space, it's about what the market is for that product. So mm -hmm. for example, I was one of the first people to sell a bachelorette party scavenger hunt that was editable <laughs> and that was rose gold. Now, you know, years later, and I've, I, my business is now centered around talking about Etsy and helping people sell printables. That niche is a little bit oversaturated, particularly. Mm -hmm. So my printable price started at $7 because it was really selling well on Etsy but then I've kind of walked that back to like $4 or $5 just because there's more competition now in space. And that happens with any niche. 
Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that printables are saturated at all. I think when anyone is worried about getting into the side hustle, they think, oh, it's already been done and there's already people selling it. That's some, an excuse that a lot of us use to kind of talk us out of doing something that we want to do. There's tons of room. In fact, the pandemic has only made printables more attractive to people. Mm. More people are shopping on Etsy than ever before. More people are DIYing their home decor. Maybe when we were younger, um, if you had a birthday party, your parents would take you to whatever paper store was near town and you'd pick out a theme or something. And at least that's what it was like growing up in mm -hmm. Massachusetts. Whereas now everyone's looking on Pinterest to get DIY ideas and they think it's cute and cool to try to make their kids or their family's holiday, birthday, special event decor all themselves uh, for less technically. Mm. So in fact, that is something that's only increased as the pandemic. People are a little more hesitant to go shopping with their kids or whatever. So we only see that market booming. And we see many more students who just get started and they're actually really taking off and getting sales faster. Because that's our goal. We want to get people to 100 sales as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think with the pandemic, that has really paved the way for people to start a printables business. And it's really a numbers game when it comes to printables, isn't it? Because you do have like generally quite lowish prices. I guess like people selling cards and things like that as well. So you need to get a good volume of sales in order to get a good income coming in. So what are some of the strategies that you encourage your students to take advantage of in, in order to start getting that volume of traffic through the door? We can talk about some beginner ones that yeah. maybe they seem <laughs> obvious, but just good reminders for everyone. And then we can go into some advanced ones. So yes, it's true that volume makes a big difference. And if you're someone that's selling like an SVG, where mm -hmm. SVGs are going for $1, $2, everything's less than $5, you need to be making a lot of sales every month to have something that actually moves. That being said, there are some niches that I mentioned where you can find really high priced printables. So the wedding niche obviously is, mm -hmm. is a good one where, where people are willing to pay more. In the realtor niche even, if I were to sell a bundle of my, my products, maybe like a become a realtor startup kit for like 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. Those were actually selling at the beginning of last year, at least. I know a lot of people who sell to entrepreneurs that kind of have those startup business bundles where you can get every piece of printable template, social media graphic, Instagram post branded with your colors to get you started in your business. People mm -hmm. are willing to pay more for those type of bundles. So in the printable space, if you can put your stuff into a bundle, you can often raise the perceived value to the customer and just get them to do more at once. We talked about, well, I'm sure you've talked about SEO and yeah. making sure that you have clear <laughs> titles and tags and all of that. That's super important. I talked before about how I use keyword tools like E-Rank and Google Trends and Uber Suggest to make sure before I even make the product, I don't even waste my time if there's not a high enough search volume for that. So I'm looking for at least like 250 searches a month. Mm -hmm. I tend to target long tail keywords. Mm -hmm. So that is a longer phrase versus something super short. So bachelorette party is not a long tail keyword, but maybe like Miami bachelorette party invitation is one. Mm -hmm. People need an example. Also, one thing that I would recommend in the printable space, the people that are making a lot of money that are doing this full time, they're capturing their customer. So they're finding some way to collect an email address and Etsy doesn't allow you to steal the, the email addresses of your customers. Mm -hmm. They own that customer relationship, but you can do things to incentivize the customer to sign up for your list. Like maybe you offer free access to a customer hub 
where they can get more resources for free or they can get access to tutorials to learn how to use your printable product or whatever. You could advertise that in a listing image. You could advertise that in a PDF that you attach to your printable itself. That's something that I do. So I have a second shop with my business partner. He technically owns the shop, but we work on it together. And we created these kind of branding, branded PDFs that we created in Canva. And if someone downloads our product, they get that PDF and it has our faces and more about our story. And then there's a link where we try to incentivize them to sign up, like download this free ebook or free packet or whatever, join our email list. And that's how we get the customers on our email list. And if we stay hyper-focused in our niche, we have an idea of what they're looking for and then we can sell them more things down the road. So I think the key in the printable space to making a lot of money is bundling, good SEO, and then capturing your customer with email. I love this idea about what you said there about, you know, on the printable itself, you can have an extra page, you know, mm -hmm. that has your information on it and tells the customer about it because they're downloading it anyway. Uh, even if they don't print that page, they'll see it and you can put, you know, you can embed hyperlinks and stuff in that page, which sends them directly to your website or your, your mailing list sign up and stuff like that. So that's a really awesome opportunity that those of us selling physical products, it's not quite as easy. Like, you know, sure we can send our little card along with the order, but it's not, they're already on the computer, you know, if they're downloading a printable and they can just click that link and it's sort of a really nice streamlined process there. Um, and your social media and all those, those sorts of things. How important is social media to you, or is it really, you're just focused on SEO? And you I know, think email. social media can help a lot of people. So mm -hmm. I, for example, there's a shop that I've been following and she makes printables for bakeries. And she does a lot of cool stuff on Instagram where she, she's actually a baker herself. Mm -hmm. So she shows how you can take these like cookie tags and things and you can put your cookies on them and arrange them and it's gorgeous. And all of her Instagram followers are all in that niche and it's hyper-focused. And anytime she puts out a new thing for a new seasonal product, like Halloween or whatever, it's just like the perfect blend of her customers. They see it, whether it's in video or in front of them with the post, and then they get directed to her Etsy shop to buy. In my particular niche, since I've expanded from bachelorette to other things, I don't focus on social media. Mm -hmm. I did for a long time focus on at least making Pinterest pins for everything. I, when Pinterest switched to prioritize a video instead of pinning just the, I, I would pin the straight up pin from Etsy, but then I'd also make a separate pin where I'd add little graphics. Now, if I were to print out my products and film myself using them, that would be the best thing. But truthfully, for people that get into printables, the reason that we do this is that we want to make money passively. Mm -hmm. And for myself, even if I technically could make more money doing something, if I don't want to spend the time doing it or I'm too busy or whatever, I don't do it. And I don't even worry about it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I love about this side hustle, the printables game. You can stay true to your intentions here, which is to make money passively. Mm -hmm. And if I'm building a business that's not passive, it's not going to work for my family and my current lifestyle. So even if I technically could make more, I don't pursue those channels. I love some of the, like, it's, it's funny when I think printables, I feel like I don't, I don't really know the space. So my idea of what, what's out there is very narrow. And some of the stuff you've mentioned is just like, oh my God, like who would have ever thought of making a printable for that? But obviously there's a market for it. So like, how does someone coming to this fresh, who's like listening to this episode going, 
this sounds pretty cool. Maybe, you know, I've got a bit, a, a bit of a good eye for design and I kind of, I have fun on graphic design programs. Maybe this is something I could try on the side, you know, uh, how do you go about like researching possible products and, and possible niches? I mean, I know you said about, you know, looking for long tail keywords and, and making sure mm -hmm. there's, there's demand for it, but how do you like come up with the idea in the first place? Like, you know, like real, real estate, like that would have never occurred to me in a million years, you know? So what are some, like, are there some tricks here or just, you know, is it just a case of looking around and sort of brainstorming? I myself was not a printable person before I got into this. There are people that they have printers, they do this every single weekend. Maybe some of you listening are like, I totally use printables all the time. You just I get it. Use them. <laughs> I, that's on me. I, I didn't have a printer when I started doing this. I had to get a printer specifically so I could do this, so I could test the products. So it's it's been something that I had to focus on strategically versus it come naturally. Mm -hmm. Now, if it does come naturally to you, you already have products that you probably use. So for example, there are some people that may have young kids and when it comes time for teacher appreciation gifts, you actually hand make a little card that you stick a gift card on from Starbucks or whatever, and you give it to the teacher. You already probably have ideas or you see your kid's friends or you're following Facebook groups and you're seeing what other people are putting out. If though you're like me and you, you aren't following the printable trends, you can use the tools that I described and how you use those tools is to type in keywords that are related to printable. So I type in printable, label, tag, template, design, digital, download. You can imagine kind of all those <laughs> keywords that are synonymous with this is not a handmade product. Mm -hmm. I put that in and I see what pops up. And one day when I was doing this, I found that I think it was some type of realtor template popped up under template. And then I kind of put in the common sense together of like, oh, pandemic, it's, this is something <laughs> I see going through my own personal life with real estate. And I gave it a shot. Mm. And I think in online business, what's so cool about printables and what's maybe better about them than doing something handmade is that you're not really committing anything beyond your time to this. Mm. So I'm not, you know, doing the realtor templates cost me just a weekend to put them up and make them and see what happened. I didn't have to worry about before with the tattoos, I had to commit to ordering like 2,500 of them mm. at once and had to commit to like storing the inventory and all and making them and all that. Like this is something that you can switch at the drop of a hat. Realtor templates didn't work. Okay, who cares? Lost the Saturday, but honestly, it's fun to do this. And <laughs> having a young kid, if I get a break or time to myself, I don't care what I'm doing. Yeah. I just enjoy having <laughs> not having to worry about other things, right? So I think printables are just so flexible in that aspect. There's no real cost if you make a mistake. That's really good. And I guess drawing on your own life experience is always going to be a good idea, like looking around in your life. Like my husband's a big gamer and I'd be like, oh, I could see some possibilities there for, you know, D&D &D templates for certain things and whatnot. Although you probably can't use the exact You probably can't do that, but there's another one. What's um, Minecraft? <laughs> like tabletop gaming. Minecraft, Fortnite, those ones are yeah. trending. Like, um, And then also I think video game office, like a mm -hmm. lot of people are creating their own video game offices. So I've seen if you do want to do Waller, because some of you, you do have an eye for design and you are graphic designers. So by all means, don't let me scare you away from wall art. If you can do it or you want to do it, go for it. Mm -hmm. Someone like me though, that's not where our time is best spent because it just doesn't always come out awesome when I try for wall art. 
Do you want to get more sales on Etsy? Etsy is a huge part of my business and the vast majority of my sales come from Etsy search. That means I have to optimize my Etsy SEO or search engine optimization in order to be found. And if you want to be found, you need to do the same. If you'd like some tricks and tips to help you optimize your search engine optimization on Etsy, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO and you can download my Etsy SEO cheat sheet, which will teach you all of the tips you need to implement in order to make sure that you're getting your best possible ranking on Etsy search. That's createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO to download that free cheat sheet right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're a great planner or a great organizer and you've kind of made up your own systems or whatever, turn them into a printable and, and, and sell them to other people as well. So yeah, that's the definitely planner space is big. There's stickers. so many possibilities. People, oh, yeah. people love stickers. Right now. <laughs> oh, I guess you can just, yeah, people can just print stuff on a sticker sticker thing. I don't, yeah. Again, pff, blowing my mind. <laughs> stuff I just don't, I've never thought about, but the, but the potential is really kind of endless for what you Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And yeah, so you can use the keyword tools that I mentioned or something that we focus on in the course because one other part of my story is that I left my full-time job because I just love this online business stuff. I love helping people sell on Etsy. So I have, I started a business, Gold City Ventures. And over the past couple of years, we've kind of perfected the path to helping people make sales as fast as possible because they give up if they don't make a sale within the first couple of weeks, that, that <laughs> always happens. And I think whether you're a handmade seller or printable, you just get frustrated if you mm-hmm. work hard on something and it doesn't work. So what we see actually works beyond the, I know how to make printables or I, I find something in my own life or keywords. Cause a lot of people who are new to this, the keyword stuff is too much at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The third option is what is the next holiday? Like literally mm-hmm. pick a holiday that's a month ahead of you and just make a printable for that. So in the case of, let's say that this is in January, let's focus on Valentine's day and just do that. Then you don't have to think you just do it. Yeah. And we see lots of sales on seasonal stuff. So that's a way that, okay, our students will get a quick win. And then yes, they have to move on to the next holiday and chase holidays, but this helps them kind of get what they're doing. Like, okay, here's how I make the printable. Here's how I focus on keywords and all that, make a sale, and then they can move on. And then you can find, okay, I want to be in the realtor niche, or I want to be selling entrepreneurs. You can find kind of your, your like unicorn, most profitable niche, but for most people, they need those early wins or they just totally give up. Yeah. And there's so many, I mean, obviously there's all the big holidays, but depending on the country you live in and Mm -hmm. just looking at those lists of crazy holidays that exist, you know, like, I don't know, talk like a pirate day, you know, like there's so many (laughs) silly, funny little ones as well that, you know, sure. Most people don't know about, but there's always those people who, who do for whatever reason. And so there might be those small niches as well that you could potentially work on. So that's Mm -hmm. really good. That's a really great idea. Gives you so many, so many possibilities. <laughs> there yeah, and if well. you like celebrating the holidays, you can always just use it yourself. Then, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Okay, so did we? We talked about the, those kind of the, the, the three simple ways of, of working at things, and we talked about holidays. Are there any more sort of for those listening who might be in the printable space already? Have you got any advice for how to kind of up level your printables game? I think so. There's two things you can do. One. When people get started with printables, they often want to go as low cost as possible and you can use free clip art. But 
it gets really confusing with the licenses. So that's something just to mention, you can't just like rip a picture off Google and put it on your printable and sell it. And, you know, definitely no trademarked or branded things like mm. Disney, just don't even think about it. Oh God, no. But <laughs> yeah, in any space, but you got to be careful with clip art. And I think that is another thing that if people get overwhelmed by the licenses, because they're trying to pick out free clip art and then it gets really confusing. It might just be worth paying the $10 from for a printable or clip art set from a site like Design Bundles or Creative Market. Creative Market will be a little more expensive, but the licenses are a lot easier to understand mm -hmm. and you're not going to be confused. Whereas if you're going to these free sites, you'll get overwhelmed or you'll maybe be like me and I have a Dropbox full of hundreds of pieces of clip art that I never organized or saved with the licenses. So now I'm like, where did I get this? And I have to go back to my emails, <laughs> understand how I can use it and the terms and all that. Whereas I wish I had just been a little more organized up front. So that's maybe a, a tip for newbies that want to level up by clip art. Just on that topic, when it comes to Canva, are there like limits as to what you can use in your designs to then sell for commercial purposes? Yeah. So Canva has a bunch of awesome templates and they've just, I love Canva so much. Oh, it's just so amazing. <laughs> it is but great. you cannot take those templates. Like for example, if right now, if you type in menu in Canva, they're going to have all these templates for you. You might think, oh, I can just take this and change the fonts and make this purple and put a dinosaur on it. And then it becomes a first birthday dinosaur menu or whatever. You definitely can't do that. You can't use Canva's base template at all. Now, sometimes I look at the templates because I'm like, oh, how do I even make a menu? Mm -hmm. And then it will help you envision sort of like what a menu is supposed to look like, but you definitely cannot use them as your base. Also on Canva, you can't use free clip art uh, or sorry, you can't use the paid clip art. Oh, okay. If so, if it costs a dollar or something, Canva often licenses them from other sites. Right. And it's just a really bad idea. So some of the Canva Pro elements, don't mm -hmm. put them in your designs. Right. Now, there, some features are okay, but I tend to stay away from them because I don't want any complicated licensing to worry about. Mm -hmm. The free stuff, and usually it's pretty basic, but the free mm -hmm. stuff is typically okay. Mm -hmm. Canva has a free elements license that you can check out. I think most websites link to these licenses in their footer. Mm -hmm. But you can read the terms and understand if how you're going to use it is going to meet Canvas terms. But a lot of people will use Canvas free elements in their design. And for the most part, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know, because I think that's something that freaks people out. Um, or that they just don't realize um, when they're starting out. So there's definitely limits and rules around what you can. It's just like using it's someone else's intellectual property. So you have to make sure that you're doing it in accordance with what they're allowing. Um, yeah, for you know, sure. If, and I, you... I think in the printable space, there's this concept of a derivative work. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you get, okay, well, I'll use an example. I just redid my dining room because I moved into a new house and botanical wall art is really hot right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone noticed that, but you take like a picture <laughs> of an herb and you blow it up for the wall art. And then at the bottom, you write rosemary or mm -hmm. like whatever this herb is. Whoever made that wall art, if they got the clip art, from somebody and then they just blew it up and stuck it on wall art and all they did was write rosemary at the bottom that's typically not okay mm -hmm. because you're not adding value with your art you're just the whole value is all about that clip art mm -hmm. so a lot of sites with the license they want you to like overlap stuff or change the color or do like or take half of it and then do other half of it or whatever and manipulate it 
you really have to check the licensing, but that's just something to think about with printables. You can't just use someone's clip art as the only and main element of your piece. Okay. That's really good to know. Um, okay. So let's get back to what we were talking about before we talked about that as the first, you said there was a second thing that people could do as well. Uh, to up level. So yes, buying clip art is definitely one. And then the second one, this is maybe, I guess what I would say is a little more obvious or not, but a lot of people don't fill out their shop entirely. They don't mm. put the video up. They don't <laughs> put the about me. They don't do all the bells and whistles. And while Etsy does say in the seller handbook that they, I wouldn't say prioritize shops that do that in the search. I've seen in practice that when people do fill out things, it works in terms mm -hmm. of returning results. And if Etsy also gives you the space to upload a video, particularly in the printable space, I mean, not a lot of people are doing the video. So that's a great way to kind of get ahead of other people. And for myself with the realtor templates, I was making those in Canva and I took a five second screen recording using Loom of myself using the template Mm -hmm. and changing the color and pretending I was a realtor and putting my name <laughs> in. And I didn't have to put my face in or anything. I just recorded my screen and that made a really great video. And I think that's one of the reasons why I started selling some of those products so quickly because Etsy knows video works for customers. People want video. I mean, TikTok, everything is video mm -hmm. now. So if you can start putting videos in your shop, that could be a good way to get to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I, I finally put video on a lot of my listings probably about a month and a half, two months ago, and I've definitely seen it's definitely had an impact adding that little 15 second video because uh, they, they make it the second thing people see as well. So uh, and I think just giving people that little insight into either how you make the product or how they can use the product or how it looks on a real person, you know, I think that's incredibly valuable. Um, and like with my, my particular ones that I have, I literally made two videos and I've got like one showing how we make just a ring. And I put that mm -hmm. on all of our rings, even though it's not the same ring, but it just yep. shows the process. Same with earrings. Like I showed me making a, a part of making one of our earrings, put that on all the earrings that are similar to that one, because again, it's not the exact product, but it's showing me doing it. It's showing that I'm a real person, you know, going through the process and how it's like a part of how I make it. So I think that's can be really powerful in, um, especially these days, there seems to be more and more um, issues on Etsy of, you know, resellers and, and, and things like that, like not genuine handmade. So when you can show that it's, it's really powerful that, you know, this is, I'm the same person that's in the photo and I'm actually doing this. And, you know, so if you are in the handmade space, uh, but even in the printable space, you know, showing, I don't know, like you said, if they're editable ones, that's kind of a no brainer, just showing quickly how people can edit it on their computer and, and things like that. So it's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. We're printing them out. So, I mean, my daughter's only two now, but this year, now that we are doing a little bit more childcare, maybe I'll make her teachers some type of like fun gift for the next holiday and then print it out and then put that design on Etsy and then show what it physically looks like printed. Because mm. for these printables, especially the ones that I do, people are printing them out on their home printer. So they want to see that they look good. Mm. They want to see your hands with the scissors, like cutting in each individual <laughs> tag to show them like, oh, here's how you, you know, separate them. You're going to get a page, a PDF with 12 designs on it. So a lot of people who are selling handmade and then switching to printables, they might not think about how the customer wants to use the actual printable. So mm. in the case of like a tag, they don't want 12 pages of one tag each. They want a whole bunch of tags on that one page. Yeah. And they might need just a little bit of thought, like what specifically they should do, even though it seems obvious, 
you might not help them out. And the video is a great way where you could do that. So if I was more of a printables, this sounds so weird because my whole business is about printables, but like for me, I do online business because I love like the game of it. I love making money online. I love that I can do this and I don't have to be in an office and I get to be with my kid all day. And I, that's the, that's the part that's fun to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily like a super, I am into creative stuff, but I'm not like super crafty, creative person at all. So when I'm like going after these certain markets, I'm definitely not a realtor, but I know (laughs) that this is going to sell. And that's kind of how I approach this. So Mm -hmm. For some people, they might, they feel more of like a love for it personally. And that's mm-hmm. the best type of thing to have. But if you're like me, maybe it's a little harder to show yourself kind of like your, your story, I guess, but it's about making products that customers like and work for them. Mm-hmm. And you can nail that whether this is your own niche or not. I love that. And now another thing I've seen a lot of people struggle with in the printable space is how do you make it real clear that the person is getting a printable and not an actual product in the post. Yeah. So that definitely needs to be in one of your listing images for sure. And definitely select digital Mm -hmm. as the listing type, because I've seen people try to get away with making it a physical item. And then late, like for particularly when they're trying to do personalization, people put it Mm -hmm. in the wrong category on purpose. Almost don't do that. Now in the case of, the customers, you're not going to be able to completely get away with that. I, I'm having hundreds of orders a month and I get one or two like, Oh, is this coming to me physically? I put in the description that it's not a physical product to put that everywhere. People are coming around to this. It's something that it's less and less over time. I mean, maybe I'll get like one or two, as I mentioned, it's, it's not the biggest deal though. I mean, truthfully, the most frustrating customer request is, can you email this to me? (laughs) And I, as someone that wants a passive business, I really don't want to. And in the bachelorette party space, it was the worst because it was often the bride would make the purchase that she wanted her bridesmaids to have. So she would say, oh, can you email this to the maid of honor? And I am not getting involved in your wedding party drama. (laughs) Like, no, you email it to your maid of honor or tell her that this is what you want. I don't want to be in the middle of this thing. So <laughs> that happened all the time. That doesn't happen anymore um, in the new niches that I'm in. <laughs> oh, man, how do you approach that diplomatically? Like, no, oh, it's very easy here. Just download this and you can send it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I had to come up with that. I mean, I think everyone has their kind of mm. Etsy seller professional response. Yeah. Um, and then on the inside, you're like, are you kidding me? So, but truthfully, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I do, if someone really wants it emailed, I will email it. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about this with printables, you don't really have to go on vacation mode. So when I was Mm -hmm. doing the tattoos, if I had something big going on in my life, I had to go on vacation mode. I could not take, I I couldn't step away. But with this, I, like when I moved for six months, answering questions is fine. Getting on my computer, emailing someone something for five seconds is totally fine. Usually I've tested and made sure every single product is fine. It's not really buggy. The the tough thing though, with the printable space, I'll be honest, is that you can make tons of money if you sell customizable printables. Mm -hmm. Like the, for example, the bar crawl one where someone can actually write the bars that they'll be going to that night as part of the bachelorette party or the bride's name or things like that. But you often get a really non-techie customer base. And when you make editable printables, that requires work on the customer's part in order to fulfill and get what they had hoped for when they purchased the product. 
and it's tough. So you don't know what type of computer they're using. Are they tech savvy? Have they ever used the software before? If it doesn't work, what it, what's the reason? Is it something on your end? Is it on their end? That can be really tricky. For me, I try to think about that when I'm creating a new product. I do have customizable stuff and I just accept that I'm going to get some messages or people that technically can't figure it out. And even though I do say no refunds because it's a digital product, I will refund them because I'd rather not get a bad review and have people be afraid to do a digital download because they just worry they're not going to be techy enough. Mm-hmm. So in, in that case, I think, I, I don't know about the case of a handmade seller because I haven't done tattoos in a long time, but if someone has a problem technically, I will just refund them. Mm-hmm. And it's $7 per sales or you know $12 per sale. So I don't really worry about it that much over yeah. time. I can track my refunds. And if I have too many, then obviously I'll take action, but mm-hmm. I don't really stress about a one-off refund. And you haven't really, you know, you haven't put the time into all the materials into make an actual physical product that you've sent to someone. So it's a little bit less of a problem, I guess, you know. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, and okay. it's, it's kind investment. of infinite. Mm-hmm. When you list the product on Etsy, I put 999 because technically a thousand people could purchase that printable from me and I could just reset it again when I wanted to. So it's just, it's not something that I really worry about in the case of a refund. Mm-hmm. If someone was trying to take advantage of me and I felt like there was this big scheme, then in that case, maybe I would address it. But for the most part, it's it's very easy to just move about your day. And of course, you know, just to be helpful here, there are some strategies that you can do to prevent these type of messages. So record a video or an instructions video of yourself actually using the printable and have that uploaded to Etsy. And when they buy it, they get the product and they also get your instructions video. I know that's something that has been really helpful for some of my friends in this space that sell planners, for example, and maybe someone's using a digital planner for the first time getting that personalized video of how to actually use this thing will prevent them messaging you and maybe prevent some of the tech issues that could happen down the road. That's a really good point. Another thing um, tech-wise, what about paper sizes? Because you guys in America have different paper sizes to possibly the rest of the world. I'm not quite sure, but definitely different to Australia and England and stuff like that. So how do you design for that? So I always offer, if I am offering something that's Well, I'll say this. If I'm offering a planner, I do US letter A4 and A5. And in the case of printables, what I hear, because we have students from all over the world, and the students that are in the UK or Australia, they often sell to the US market and they tell me that it's not their own country buyers. It's people from the US that buy printables. I don't know if that's just an Etsy thing where Etsy is just dominating or sorry, Etsy has more of the US market share for printables or not, (laughs) but, or if they're just not a thing in these other countries, I don't know. But typically if you focus on the US letter sizes, that's all you need, except in the case of planners, because people will purchase certain planners, like the Erin Condren planner is a really big brand that I see. And in those cases, there's very specific sizes that people are looking for. And they're often the A4, A5, and Mm -hmm. A5 is like a half page size. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on what you're making, but I don't think you can go wrong with catering to a US market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the A system is really easy because every size is just double the previous size. (laughs) So it's very logical. Um, But yeah, I I, I mean, I know you have different sizes over there, but um, yeah, we just don't have them here and it would be very confusing to people. But I guess you can just, if you're designing on Canva, for example, they have all of those sizes. So you can just literally go US letter size, 
or whatever other sizes there are and you can just use that and that makes your life a little bit easier <laughs> and you can just I guess you could just design the same thing in, in and just have a version like you said you know have the A4 version and have the US version and sort of offer that to people I mean would you list that as a variation in the listing or have them separate no, I would put it all in one listing and then I would just say in the listing picture offered in, in, in the listing description, mm -hmm. offered an A4 US letter, A5, and then I would attach it as separate documents because Etsy mm -hmm. lets you upload a couple different documents to oh, the listing. Okay. So I think you can do four or five. I would use all of those and just put yeah. them all there. That's a really and good idea. And in the case... Um, for people that sell wall art, this is another reason why I don't sell wall art, but you don't necessarily know what size someone's going to want to print this in. If it's something that's going in a nursery, maybe this, the style now is to blow it up huge. Maybe they're going to put it on their kid's nightstand and it's tiny. You need to worry about, okay, is it going to be 11 by 14? Is it going to be eight by 10, five by seven? You have to think of aspect ratios. Typically the person that's selling will provide in the two to three aspect ratio, the four to five aspect ratio. And it, you're just starting to get really complicated. And then you're providing the customer a lot of different files to sort through and it's getting kind of crazy. So that's another reason, even though I have bought wall art printables, I, I don't love selling them because it just mm -hmm. gets too complicated in the spaces that I'm selling in. It's either one size or it's USA four, a five, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I, I one thing I've seen people offer um is like IKEA frame sizes you know like weird things like that where they're like well everybody has IKEA so just offering the frame sizes they have so I guess that's that's another another thing you could think about when it comes to to wall art uh but that's a really good point about because wall art of course also needs to this um needs to be adjustable like the size so you need to, so what sort of files like uh, is that an SVG file or is it a different type of file? Like when you're exporting from, say you're making just an, let's just, let's just keep it simple. Say you're making an A4 printable, uh, or US letter printable on Canva. What do you export it as? Well, see, this is the tough thing about wall art. Mm. The customer often is not going to print that on their home printer. Most right. customers, at least in the US, they'll go to walmart.com. They have an online photo service or they'll take the actual file and go to FedEx or something, Staples, mm -hmm. and get it printed out there. So those different big retailers, they have different requirements. I think Walmart off wants JPEG, right. which is actually considered a lower quality for yeah, Walmart. So weird. good luck with that if you have anything <laughs> um, more complicated that you're you're putting on the, the picture, because it might actually come out kind of blurry. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can test it using Walmart or something like that. But in that case, the customer might want a JPEG because Walmart just doesn't accept a PDF. And there's something called um, dot per inch DPI, but mm -hmm. you should try to make your drawings at least 300 DPI because that's going to look best printed. So for example, on web, screens are often showing you 72. So there's a big difference between the quality that's required for something printed and the quality that's required for something that's visible on a phone or a mm -hmm. desktop. But if this sounds overwhelming to you, don't pick something that customers are going to care about the DPI, right. where in the case of the bachelor party, it doesn't matter. In the case of these teacher appreciation gifts, doesn't matter. As long as it prints relatively okay to the customer, it's going to be okay for you. So, you know, you can make more if you're someone that you want to make more money or you have some talent in graphic design, or you just are willing to figure it out. You can definitely make more by learning more about these things, but absolutely not a requirement you can still make money without necessarily 
putting all these bells and whistles into each individual design that you make. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of almost two two lots of printable people here. There's the ones who are like artists and designers mm-hmm. who create art and then sell it via printable. And then there's the people who are making printable things that are just that 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 are printables that aren't art per se. So I guess mm-hmm. if you if you're in the art side of things, you might need to do a little bit more research to understand all the technical side of things, whereas if you're just going with the simple printable stuff, it's probably a little bit easier and straightforward. Uh, to get started with that first rather than worrying yep. about the other stuff. Yep, totally. Excellent. Oh, wow. we've oh, It's almost been an hour. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about this for hours because it's just so interesting and there's so many things to learn. I haven't even like gotten you to talk about your own your own business and things like that and how is it running a business with a with a toddler in the house and all those sorts of things so are you like the um just to to wrap up are you the main caregiver for your daughter as well yes so and my husband and i've been back and forth because we've we had different jobs when we lived on the west coast and then we've moved and he's since got a new job so we've kind of been a little bit more flexible but right now i'm currently the main caregiver we recently just got a nanny but in this business, then also Gold City Ventures, which is my business where I help people start Etsy shops, I use the same strategy where I set it up so that it will work without me having to physically be there pushing the ball rolling every single day. Mm-hmm. So I have kind of a strategic automation. I wouldn't say that my brain was like this naturally, but <laughs> I just had to to survive, particularly when I had a corporate job and was trying to build this company and was selling on Etsy. Mm-hmm. So everything is automated. My email sequences are automated. I have virtual assistants and freelancers that I hire to help me. And they are actually the ones that are working the 40 hour work week mm-hmm. and not me. So I've really thought about how to scale. And I have a business partner. Mm-hmm. A lot of people they go on Etsy and they go create a blog or a podcast hundred percent solo. Mm. Whereas I have a 50, 50 partner and yes, I'll make less money, but what we've been able to achieve in just a couple of years versus what I would have been able to achieve doing this on my own with everything chaotic going on in my life. It just is, it pales in comparison. Mm-hmm. So I had to network and go out and meet this person and like take a chance on starting this business together, but not enough people find their business bestie. Yeah. And they come together and either they're worried about the profit or they just don't know people. But that's the number one piece of advice I'd tell people is don't try to do this by yourself. Hire VAs, hire freelancers and find someone else. Now, I've had business partnerships not work out Mm. because maybe we weren't aligned for whatever reason. But when it's the right match, I mean, it's wonderful. And you can celebrate wins together and you can work on things together and split the work and, and bring different pieces to it. It's just truly, truly great. And not enough people do it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's really nice having somebody to sort of work with rather than doing it all solo. <laughs> it can be really, really hard. So yeah, finding, even if you don't have a business partner, definitely finding colleagues um, and, and, you know, business bestie, as you said, somebody who you can really connect with and, and sort of bounce ideas off and, and share things with is a really, really great idea. Julie, I'm going to let you go because I know it's getting late there. Uh, thank you so much. This has been fascinating and really, really, I think a lot of people will find this really uh, encouraging and like maybe want to give it a try themselves. Uh, where can people go to find more about you, check out your printables, uh, get some help from you to maybe get their business off the ground if that's what they want to do? Sure. So I have a free ebook that I'm going to share with all of you. It's called The Seasonal Product Secret. It's got over 20 pages. It has printable ideas for every single calendar month of the year. So what do we think are the seasonal products that you could pursue and sell as your first digital downloads? 
It also has tips on how to use E-Rank, which is one of my favorite keyword research tools and where I find the gems like the realtor templates that I mentioned and other things. So if you would like that free ebook, you'll put it in the show notes, I think for them so they can yep. click through that and, and sign up and get that. And then if you'd like to learn more about me, my website is goldcityventures.com. It's goldcityventures.com. And there you'll get links to my social media and I have some other free resources, some blog posts and stuff. And you can see if the printables business is something you want to explore. Fantastic. Thank you so much for spending the time today to share your knowledge about printables with us. I really appreciate it. This was super fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. If you enjoyed this one, please do share it over on Instagram. You can tag me at create and thrive, take screenshot, pop it in your IG stories and let me know what you liked about this episode. In the meantime, of course, you can catch me over on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den with weekly or sometimes more often than weekly videos over there on everything to do with how to have a thriving and profitable handmade business and a happy and healthy work from home lifestyle. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you again in the next episode. Bye for now.